Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Finally, we're into March. Doesn't it feel good? Yes, the winter is done. Spring happens this month, and I am so ready. So is my garden. So things are starting to really grow. I'm starting to see things wake up. The pine trees are elongating. Uh, the, the daffodils are up. They're not bloom. They will be in a f- couple weeks. Forsythias are so heavily budded. My winter-blooming jasmine, they are blooming. Uh, camellias, they are in full bloom. Heaths and heathers, full, glorious bloom. They're beautiful. Uh, we cannot at the garden center hold back the rhododendrons. They are in glorious bloom. It's just been warm enough, long enough, and the days are finally long enough where things are taking off. They're announcing the, those shrubs, the trees that announce that it is spring. I'm so happy. They're blooming right now. Uh, something I've done in my own yard, just what I'm something that might help you as well. My evergreens. So your evergreens, you really need to take care of to keep them healthy. And so for my own evergreens, these are even the, the native varieties, a Colorado spruce, a Vanderwolf pine, Oregon green pines, whatever, whatever it is, Italian cypress, junipers, whatever your evergreen thing is, especially the larger ones, the trees, this is what I'm doing for my own landscape, my own gardens, my personal gardens. And I think it's really going to help your gardens as well. This is all, all elevation. It doesn't matter where you're at. But what I would do is I would fertilize them right away. And so I've used the all-purpose plant food. I created a 744. It's like magic for evergreens. All, it's good for everything in the, in the yard, but it really greens up. The sulfur and the iron in that particular mix combined with that cottonseed meal, it just, the plants just absorb it and go, oh, I'm so full. I'm so happy. Let me grow for you. And they green right up. But here's the inside secret. I've done all my evergreens with that. For the things that are blue in color, I do this for uh, spruce, Colorado spruce especially. You get that really rich blue, silver blue color, hoopsize spruce, Fat Albert spruce, anything that's got a blue hue. My junipers that are blue, moon glows, uh, Wichita blues, Italian cypress has this blue green look to it. Those things that I, I want to have them more blue, bluer. I want that rich silver color to come out. Really what that is on a tree, they're picking up aluminum out of the soil, and then they coat this green needle with this aluminum coating. And, and really, if you take a, a Colorado spruce and you take your thumb and just rub on that blue color, you can actually rub that off. It's a secretion. It's a, it's a coating on that needle that eventually starts to wear off. And so uh, if you look at a Colorado spruce, the inside of the tree is actually green. Only the new growth is blue. So you want to encourage that new growth to come out every year with this rich blue-silver kind of color to it. Sometimes your landscape runs out of the mineral aluminum. And so if you know that, and that's what's going to bring that color up, that's what the plant is absorbing to coat that new silver color, you can actually bring more color out by giving your trees 
aluminum sulfate. That's the extra mineral. It's not really a fertilizer. It's, it's, it's a mineral that makes the soil more acidic. And so on the East Coast, they're always adding aluminum sulfate to hydrangeas and, and uh, azaleas. They're, they're adding them to hollies to bring out the better colors, bigger berries, uh, to keep the flowers blue instead of pink. You know, hydrangeas here in Arizona will naturally float towards pink unless you give them aluminum sulfate. But it really, really works on the evergreens. It makes them look like rock stars in the landscape. I mean, it just makes, and it holds that blue color all the way through next year. And so usually if you've got this real blue, these exotic, you know, especially grafted pine trees, especially grafted spruce trees, these really bright, intense colored trees, give them some aluminum sulfate in the spring and that will help them to grow and, and flush new blue color as they elongate through now through April. So the pine trees are about to take off the new growth. It's important to get this stuff on before they wake up. You want to get these minerals and foods on before that candle elongates and it pushes this year's needle growth. Pine trees typically only grow one time in the spring. Once that, that new candle growth elongates, it locks in and it doesn't grow anymore. There's nothing you can do. It's done. And so you need to get all these minerals and, and, and fertilizers on before they, they elongate because afterwards it doesn't work. You need it on before, not after. So with that being said, that's some things that I am doing myself for, for my, I want some, you're going to drive by my house and go, I wonder if that guy owns a garden center. And uh, yeah, I do. And here's a couple of secrets that I, that I work on. And it's very inexpensive. You only do it once. It's, you chuck it on the ground and you let rain activate it. If you've got dogs or something, you're worried about the pets, you're worried about the birds, you're worried, hose it down, activate it, get it in the ground. That'll be fine. You don't have to rake it in though. You don't have to make work out of this. The food or the aluminum sulfate, either one, just get it on the ground. It goes through the rocks. It goes through the fabric that you might've put down underneath the rock to keep the weeds out. You just get it on and it will actually activate the next rainstorm or, or when you actually hose it down, it'll actually activate and just start to, start the plant, it will become available to the plant immediately, right now. But aluminum is what makes those those trees, brings out that extra, almost three-dimensional color on those plants. That's one thing I'm doing. Uh, I'm also starting to plant, and we're getting our containers gardens ready. I'm tired of the boring, ugly stuff. You can plant. It's fine. Now, just get plants that can take the warm day, cool nights. And so I'm putting pansies and kale and snapdragons. Uh, I'm putting all those things in the ground now. Some of like my ivies got kind of beat up. I've got uh, English ivy on like structures. Like I've got pyramids and pom-poms and, and balls. They're just really cute. I've been forming, been growing them into these structures for years. Well, the winter kind of got them to look a little brown. I went through and I just individually picked off the brown leaves. Didn't take very long. And I fertilized them. I used the all-purpose plant foods that I used for those specifically. Uh, my nandinas on either side of the garage are heavenly bamboo. They've got some brown needles on them. They got hit by that one of those storms, and they just showed a little bit of stress. So I picked all those off, fertilized them, and they will flush with new growth. I mean, like within two weeks, just, just immediately. So I'm cleaning things up, and then I'm fertilizing. 
and then I'm planting around the, the edges with my containers. The vegetable gardens, I've got kale. I'm almost ready to harvest. I mean, it's been in for a couple of weeks. It's amazing how fast it grows. They love growing in this kind of weather. And so lettuce, broccoli, cauliflower, onions and garlics, they can all start going in right now. If you got your soil ready, start. I mean, just they'll, they'll grow really fast. The ground has thawed, at least here in Prescott. I don't know about the White Mountains or Flagstaff or those areas, but my guess is where it's warm, the ground is thawed, and if, as soon as it thaws, you can get a, get a shovel in it, you can start planting, especially the cool season vegetables, flowers, uh, that kind of those, those kinds of plants. Your pine trees, evergreens, they should go in the ground ASAP. You really want those things to be in the ground before they elongate and, and wake up. You really want new windbreaks. You want new Arizona cypress and uh, Italian cypress and junipers and pine trees and spruce, firs. You want all those things in the ground before they wake up. This is the ideal time right now, the month of March, before they elongate and start to grow. You can plant them later, but it's not the, it's not the optimal peak time. Now, the month of March is your time to, to plant those types of things. Uh, lilacs, forsythia, heathers, heaths, all those spring blooming, uh, azaleas, rhododendrons. Uh, there's so many. Mock orange. There's so many great mountain plants that are so fragrant and so beautiful. You, you, want, you want those in the ground while they're still twigs or deciduous. And then when they wake up and they start to bloom, you'll get longer bloom cycles out of them. They'll hold that foliage far longer than if you were to come in and buy it while it's in bloom here at the garden center and then go home and plant it. Sometimes that transplant shock, they'll shed that flower while it just, it won't die. You just go, well, I'm done blooming. That's it. It's not, I'll, I'll leaf now. So you can get them in beforehand. You have far better color in your yard. Be right back with more after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 58th Spring Open House. Talk directly to our farmers as they show off the newest flowers, brightest evergreens, and freshest new bloomers. Friday, we show off this year's showiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, sidewalk art, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 58th Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 13th through 15th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hi, Waters here with this week's Plant of the Week and our show-off for Scythias. A new standout for Scythia with very large, very bright solar yellow flowers that adorn the plant from head to toe. Relax! This showy spring shrub is beautiful and requires no pruning or cleanup. This show-off is just days away from bloom and limited. Don't wait until these big bull for Scythia are gone at just $39. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love show-off for Scythia love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. We've got uh, a special guest, super special guest. So special, special you've only been <laughs> doing this for like 10 years now. 
<laughs> you come I'm in glad I'm still a special guest. <laughs> My wife, Lisa Waters Lane, she comes in and just shares the garden questions. So she helps me field. What are people looking at at Facebook? She, we, she does all the, the um, watersgardencenter.com questions coming in. So there's a lot of, we're just feeling a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So we try to package the best ones. There might be 20 of them we answer. Here's the top three or four that would be of interest that's for a broad spectrum all of northern Arizona could probably pick in, pick up and, and, and listen in and take that advice and just run with it. So if, if your neighbor is seeing this, probably you're going to see this as well. It's something to put on your radar. So that's what this segment's all about. Describe, describe that. Oh, sure. What you try I'm to... Sorry, I tuned out. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how are the garden questions this week? Oh, we got lots of them as usual. So Jeff would like to know, he lives out in an area where he has several large pinion pines on his property. He's concerned about scale. Yeah, he should be. And so his question is, should he wait till he actually sees the scale hatching and moving and then spray? Or is it better to use more of a systemic insecticide type product that will be in the tree? Sure. So let's describe for those, because we have a lot of chaparral Zones. This mm-hmm. is, so, so pinion pines grow where the oaks, the scrub oaks, emery oaks, the manzanitas, the yuccas, banana yuccas. To that's that chaparral zone. That's where they that's where they grow naturally, and that's throughout all of northern Arizona. There's this huge band of, of, of pines, but pinion pine scale specifically likes the taste of one kind of plant, pinion pines. <laughs> thus the name. Uh, so this this particular insect, if you look at your needles, if you've got a pinion pine. Or if you're hiking in the forest and you're out where your pinion pines show up, take a look at the needles. Pinion pines have a needle about an inch and a half, two inches long. If you see a dot, it looks like someone took a number two pencil and just drew a little tiny dot on that needle. There could be one, two, three, four dots. Each one of those dots is a scale. If, it, if you don't see any dots on that needle, it does not have scale yet, or at least on that needle. So you want to look for that. If you see that, what happens is in the month of March, sometimes, so Peter's right on the, he's right on track with when, when to look for things. Generally, it's towards the last half of March, but, but I feel the season's about two weeks ahead, three weeks ahead this year. So they could show up at any time. They'll burrow through that outer casing, the scale part of it, and they become a crawler stage. It's a live breathing, it's an adult. He or she's going down to the base of the tree, and they're looking to make whoopee right there on your tree in the main crotches at the main trunk where it touches the soil, where there's a lot of leaf litter and stuff. They're, they're going towards the bottom. They all mate, and then they go back up the tree, and then they lay eggs on the new growth of the pinion pines. And that's where it will start to have new eggs, new dots for the next year's growth, and sets the life cycle. So he's asking specifically, do I wait till I see that crawler stage down and up, which is only for a few days? They, right. It all happens at once. And so it's kind of difficult to catch it. And they are so tiny, you can't even see them. The egg masses you see, because you'll see these uh, like white, white cottony blobs Alien around the base. Beans. Yeah, <laughs> that looks like cotton, like dirty cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the eggs. So if you see those, collect those up and throw them away. Mm-hmm. Uh, get them off your tree, off your property. Um, if you see them crawling, yes, you can spray them with an oil, anything. We Really, the Forest Service is saying use permethrin. Mm-hmm. We make one called multi-purpose insect spray. It's, it obliterates the crawler stage, absolutely takes them out, if you can catch the crawler stage. 
What I would recommend, what I tell my guests when I'm helping them here at the garden center, I would put plant protector on that tree right now, ASAP, before they hatch. Put it on right now. This is a systemic, you pour at the base of the tree. It'll do two things. One, the plant will absorb that. And so when they get on to, if any of them do come up and lay eggs on your new growth, it'll taint that sap so they can't take a hold. And then secondly, that plant protector hangs out on that bark at the base of the tree. So when they try to come down and lay eggs, it will thin some of the numbers. It's the only way to actually get ahead of this thing where you've got one application lasts for a year. I would do that if you really want to keep that tree healthy and have it start to look luxurious. I mean, a pinion pine should look tropical. It's so thick and luscious, and the needles should be plump and thick, and so thick you can't see the, the tr- through the tree. If you see a bunch of bark and trunks and you're seeing the structure, that plant's been attacked for several years by scale, and they really need some help. So do that right away, plant protector, and then I would watch for the crawler stage. Mm-hmm. I would get the stuff ready. Get get a bottle of the multipurpose insect spray. Make sure you're ready to go. Get a hose-in sprayer so you can just get it ready to go. When you see them, you can take them out. If you miss the crawler stage, well, it's, that same s- stuff is good for aphids. It's good for grasshoppers. It's good for blister beetles. It's good, it's good for anything in the yard for the upcoming year. We're just at the start of the season. And then if you've really got scale, I would... I would fertilize that tree with with all-purpose plant food. I mean, right now, put the plant protector down, fertilize it, then monitor for the crawler stage. And I would do that every single year at the first part of March for for all my pine trees, but really the pinion pines especially because the scale, they've they've actually obliterated every pine tree on your street in that neighborhood. All whole neighborhoods have been, they've all been killed except for the ones that have been treated. They've been cared for they've been uh, nurtured so that's how i would that's how i'd go after that kind of extreme but i go all marine i'd go shock and all and just get rid of them because there's such a problem here it is does seem to be a problem so definitely something to watch out for especially if you get pinions on your property you need to keep an eye on them our next question is from sandy she wants to know when is she supposed to prune her grapes and how far back do you prune them? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. So grapes have not started growing yet. They've not even begun to even bud up. So they're, they're one of these late spring, early summer thing. You'll think they're dead before they finally start to grow. So you've got a, you've got a month and a half, maybe a month and a half or so. you got six, seven weeks. Um, prune at your leisure. I would get them done by the end of March if you can, something like that. And then you really whack back on a grape. You go back to the main trunk, basically, because the best grapes grow on new growth. So what you want is that whole root structure underneath in the ground. You want all of that root to go into this one trunk, comes up to whatever you're you're growing that, maybe a trellis or an arbor or a pergola, a fence line. Grow it up that. And then you want that one trunk to grow as long and as much of a vine as you can. You want all new growth, not old growth, all new growth. So you'll go back to, I don't know, five feet head high for the trunk and then little stubs on either end. I mean, it seems extreme, but you really whack on it. And then you fertilize it with the all-purpose plant food. Or what I would really do for grapes, I would take the vegetable and the fruit and vegetable food. Mm -hmm. It's an organic it's really made for things that, that form a fruit. You'll get better flavor out if you use that particular food and more grapes, bigger clusters. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how you approach it. Okay. Um, so really, you're going to take out most 
of that last year's growth so you can encourage that root to support, to, to force as much growth as you can. It'll take a lot of food to do that and a lot of sun. It just it takes some to do that. So the food for grapes is especially important. Sure. So brambles the same way. It's mm-hmm. kind of a lot. Food is super important. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a good one to use the dormant oil on or horticultural oil on as well? So, yeah, if you've got it powered up, you, you can use the horticultural oil. So generally we say prune everything and then spray the whole yard with, with horticultural oil. It gets rid of bugs and eggs it, it laid last year. Um, grapes are less prone to that. There's a little uh, um, caterpillar that gets on it, yeah. a grape leaf skeletonizer. There can be some eggs from last year, but generally not. Uh, the butterflies or the moth, that's actually a moth, will come in and lay eggs midsummer. And so the eggs come on later than that. It can only help. It can't hurt. And while you got the horticort oils powered up, I mean, you've pruned it back so much, it's just a stub there. So it doesn't take anything to spray it. You're going to use hardly any amount of spray. That's more important for your roses, your forsythias, early spring bloomers, uh, uh, lilacs, your apples and pears, all your, your edibles, tree forms. I would say your brambles could really benefit but generally, when I've got it, I'll spray the evergreens. I'll spray everything because it's yeah. it's very inexpensive. It's safe. It's organic. I mean, it just and it, it yeah. helps me go forward clean. Great questions this week, folks. Ken and Lisa Lane, uh, the Mountain Gardeners. We will be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, aka the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Roman Beauty Roseberry. This Mediterranean beauty has graceful, arching branches that flow over rock walls, raised beds, or container's edge. A culinary herb often used in potpourri. Rugged, deer-resistive, evergreen likes crummy soil, drought, and abuse. Now that's my kind of shrub for under $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love unusual healthy herbs, they love to shop. Some things are just better together. March is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid, and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, Thanks, Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together, and only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. At this weekend's garden class, every week we, we host a garden class. There'll be 50 to 100 people show up at these in the back greenhouse. It clogs up the garden center. Uh, it's just fun, energetic. You're hanging out with people that have an interest in gardening and plants. And some of them can talk Latin. Some of them can talk Latin from Colorado or California. But now they're trying to learn here and they're just trying to up their game. But one thing that I was teaching this weekend was how to keep those evergreens healthy. So some of you bought your house because of that ponderosa pine. Some of them, they're growing through the deck 
up through past the roof. Um, some of you bought your beautiful, you know, five acres out in Inscription Canyon or Williamson Valley or Talking Rock because of the pine trees or the junipers. They're just so majestic. They're hundreds of years old. And now you came in with heavy equipment. You've cut some of the roots. And these plants are in danger of dying. They, they quite often do. They shouldn't have been living since Columbus landed or, or whoever. They've been hundreds and hundreds of years and they just died this year. Well, there's ways to protect them and keep them healthy. And there's some predators that roam around that are looking for stressed trees. They fly around, bark beetle, little tiny cute, I mean, just a cutest little beetle, maybe a quarter inch long, eighth inch long, kind of the larva stage looks like a, like a piece of rice. And the, and the insect, the actual adult stage is a black beetle about the size of I don't know, a quarter inch, very tiny. But they attack uh, pinion pine. They attack a ponderosa by the hundreds, if not thousands, and they will girdle the tree. They're looking for weak trees because they're easier to attack. They're not going to be suffocated. Trees have this natural defense. They can suffocate, and they have their, their sap move around and just kind of ooze out and try to overcome these, these bugs that attack them. But weak trees... They can't do that. And so looking for a tree that the driveway just cuts several roots or the, the dump truck came around and the backhoe came around and, and compressed some of that root zone and did some damage. And now it can't, can't, it's not as effective as it has been. Or we changed with a street or a driveway the water flow that it's known for all its life, its entire, for generations, all of a sudden we're diverting some of that and it, can't, it doesn't have its normal uh, water flow. Here's what you do to keep those things healthy. If you have a pine, any kind of evergreen, but specifically, really your pine trees are the number one target. I've seen them migrate over to uh, your cypress and your spruce, Colorado spruce, Fat Albert spruce, uh, any, any of those guys. If you've got evergreens that are really valuable to you, including the natives, here's what I do for my own native plants. I went through and I fertilized all of them with the all-purpose plant food. It's a 744 fertilizer, but it's cottonseed meal, some iron, some sulfur. Evergreens love that stuff. Secondly, I treat them with a antibiotic, basically. It's called plant protector. You mix it up in a watering can. You pour it right at the base of the trunk. I'll actually slop it on the actual trunk and have it. You're focused on the crown of that tree, though, right where the soil meets the trunk. Right there is where that plant can pick up most of this plant protector. And then it taints the sap and the tips. So if anything burrows in through the bark and tries to eat that tree, it, it gets rid of them. It's like a natural defense. You're, you're building up the natural defenses of that tree, that evergreen that uh, might be stressed. If you've got pinion pine on your, on your scales, on your pinion pines, it is critical. Uh, we're we're going to have a blockbuster pinion pine and scale uh, uh, hatch this year, and it's going to come early. It'll be by when the next two, three weeks, your, your pine trees will be covered. You need to put, put plant protector on right away so that when those do come and try to attach themselves to the new needle growth, they'll be killed. They'll be eliminated. They won't allow that. So the trees, it builds up your tree's natural defenses. That's what I'm doing with my own evergreens, but especially those big, I've got a, a majestic juniper in the back that is just, I mean, it is glorious. I mean, I've pruned it up. It's got multiple trunks. 
Uh, it's just beautiful. I've got art underneath. I've got uplighting and downlighting. It is a piece of art, this, this native juniper that's out there. It's an alligator bark juniper. If I were to lose that, it would totally change the entire backyard. You've got some plants in your landscape that are that valuable. They're worth thousands. They're not replaceable. They're, actually, your homeowner's insurance covers some of this from lightning strikes and trucks running into them. They're, they're so valuable. So to take care of those, to spend just a, a weekend to, to, to treat them with some food, and the plant protector is a game changer. You do it once for natives. You only treat it with plant protector one time. That's it. It's good for the year. Fertilize. I'll fertilize my natives one time. I'll fertilize my more exotic. I've got weeping, um, really cool weeping redwoods. I mean, got some really funky evergreens. I'll feed those more often, two or three times a year. My natives just once. That makes them more robust, more firewise, keeps them healthier against bugs and attack. It's just good to treat your evergreens right now. I can't emphasize that enough. I'd do it this weekend or the next couple weekends. Treat all your evergreens in your landscape, at least those that are really valuable to you. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our majestic giant pansies. Mammoth blooms smother this 12-inch plant right through winter. Fragrant like its fairy-faced cousin, this giant bloomer has the perfect balance between evergreen foliage and flower brightness. Hardy and carefree, this pansy brings the garden back to life, all for just $7.99. You'll only find them at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love majestic pansies, they love to shop. Once upon a time, Fred the Sage and Bob the Yucca watched a herd of deer eat their neighbor's garden. Hey, Bob, said Fred. It's a good thing we're native Arizona plants from Waters Garden Center. Right, Fred, said Bob. We can handle tough Prescott dirt, hot sun, low water, and we look great in the garden. You betcha, Bob, said Fred. Hummingbirds and bees love us, but that deer sure doesn't. Be like Fred and Bob. Go native at Waters Garden Center. Safe, natural, and organic. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with The Mountain Gardeners, plural, because I didn't want this show to be all about Ken Lane and his diseased lawn or tomatoes. It seems like all garden shows go down to tomatoes or lawns, tomatoes or lawns. <laughs> Even in northern Arizona, tomatoes and lawns. But the gardening is so much more, especially up here where we really don't have that many lawns. There's some beautiful lawns. And, and March is the time to actually extend, add to, overseed, get your lawns ready. If so, there's, a, there's quite a few of them. Uh, but most of us have rock lawns, and so we, weed prevention is more important in that respect. Your shrubs, trees that border that, way more important, because now you've actually got to have a great design, or it can look sterile. It looks too lun- like lunar dust is taking over your yard. So your your the garden design is more important than ever here in the northern, where you see a lot of rock lawns. Sure. Uh, the Midwest, you know, what do you need? I mean... A tree, a shrub, and 
the lawn, there's just weeds that look like grass. So it looks <laughs> green and lush and alive. You don't even have to be a gardener and things grow. Here, you need to be a gardener and you need to have the, the design flair. That's where asking for help can really help you get a better seasonality right. to, to your to your garden. And so with that, I brought Lisa in going, wow, I get tired of talking for an hour straight. Do you, could though? you Could you? Do no, you? I actually love talking. <laughs> My mother gave me a Mr. Microphone as a kid, and I've loved one ever since. But <clears throat> yeah. the idea of things, getting mm-hmm. a different perspective, I think that's more valuable for listeners because it's about them, not about us. Right. How do we help folks to garden better, smarter, and give them some ideas? And so mm-hmm. this whole segment, this is just for you. Oh, I will nice. stop talking. I will try <laughs> to stop talking <laughs> now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will see how long Not that really. lasts. <laughs> so uh, one of the big drivers in landscaping right now is uh, permaculture. So it's planting... If you're going to plant things in your yard, plant things that either you get a fruit or something off of, or you're feeding the birds or other animals. So I thought I'd talk about a few of those things that maybe everybody thinks of fruit trees, fruit trees, fruit trees. Yeah. And there's a few other, they're still getting fruit and berries off of them, but, um, and how to use them in your yard. So I had a, I helped a customer from Paulden. Uh-huh. He drove in, was at 20 miles, 25, 30 miles, however far away that is. Forever. That's right before Ash Fork. <laughs> he came in, he's got a big property, mm-hmm. and he was permaculturing because he wants to bring the wildlife in. Yeah. Specific, and he was thinking deer, javelina, the bigger game. Right. We were mm-hmm. trying to think, okay, what are some grasses we could bring yeah. in? What are some things that could really, we would put some fruit trees in because mm-hmm. deer love to prune those up to about head height yeah. and eat the stuff. But he was right. putting together a garden, an orchard for just wow. to draw them in. I went, wow, that's, he was from Missouri, I think, or the south, yeah. Midwest South huh. area, kind of whatever that is. I anyway. don't know. It's past it's the Interesting. I love area. talking to customers, <laughs> hearing, hearing what they're trying to do. It's I never right. get bored ever oh no that's very true so a few of the things that people maybe not commonly think of but actually do quite well here is figs yeah um and we have a fig called chicago's hardy fig now most of your figs are what zone seven and up so the chicago hardy is like zone five and it's crazy man cold so it's one of those if if you've got a if you really don't want to have to worry about protecting it, the Chicago Hardy is probably the one to put in. It has a really pretty uh, purpley fruit, purpley brown fruit with kind of pink on the inside. So it's it's really a lot of people who moved from um, Illinois, places like that, started looking. You know, they were asking me for it. I'm like, well, I haven't heard of it. And then so we found it. We've been bringing it in. and. Nice so it's hard. more of a shrub variety. So those mm-hmm. folks from the desert areas, there you grow fig trees. trees. <laughs> Here they don't. They act more like a perennial. They'll come mm-hmm. back more from the main structure. So they tend to be, I don't know, about head high or so, yeah. kind of bushy form, maybe a little bit taller than that. But the fruits do load up heavy on them. They do. Traditional like brown turkey kind of fruit for that mm-hmm. Chicago hardy. It's a great producer for the mountains. Right. It's one, probably one of the best producers. Very, very good. We've also grown it. We grew, it wasn't the Chicago Hardy, but we grew a fig in a pot for a long oh, time yeah. and did quite well. Yep. So yep. you can certainly do that. That was too. the honey, the gold, gold variety. Mm-hmm. Peter's We've honey. We've got two or three out there. We have a few, there. like three different varieties out yeah. there, but I was really excited about the Chicago yeah. one because it can take our winters. Another uh, 
really fun plant to grow. A lot of people don't think of for here is blueberries. Yeah. Um, do great in containers. Um, probably even in raised beds would be a good spot to put one. And the plant itself is actually really pretty. And I love the names on them. So oh, some of the sh- names. Do share. <laughs> Pink icing. That's pretty that makes cool. You That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Sunshine. Bountiful blue. Uh, blueberry buckle. Makes me hungry. Yeah, it does. It must be close to lunch. <laughs> and there's one that's really pretty called peach sorbet. Um, has the best looking leaves. They're kind of a, a reddish orange color to them. Very, very attractive. You don't think to see that in a in a blueberry, but pretty, pretty. Blueberries do grow well. Now, for those from the Midwest, they're, they're famous up in Minnesotas yeah. and that part of the country. They take the cold easily. It's the alkalinity. So right. if you can make that soil more acidic, the mm-hmm. more acidic, the better. That's why I encourage folks, plant those in a pot in, in water's potting soil. Right. Because the main ingredient in our organic potting soil is peat moss, mm-hmm. which is very acidic. So they seem to thrive in that. They do yeah. quite well. And then we try, they're, they're not going to grow as big as you're, you remember. Right. They have heads rows of blueberries <laughs> in that part of the country here it's more of the smaller varieties the sun mm-hmm. the dryness kind of makes them the aridness shortens them up a little bit right. but the berries the same great blue big blueberries mm-hmm. uh, will form and do quite well yeah you can usually snag a few and then usually the birds snag a few which is okay because it's fun to bring those birds into your yard so some of the grapes do really well here and they would make a great if you're trying to cover a fence if you're covering a trellis you're trying to block a neighbor um, i think grapes would work really well for that don't you well we've actually grown grapes up pergolas i mean story and a half mm-hmm. and they grew up and over for a shade structure and the grapes have formed down oh yeah over an archway and there's so many backyards with you know cinder block it just <laughs> looks like a russian you know concentration camp <laughs> and you need something please it's just not, not very it feels too sterile yeah right. it keeps the wind down but you soften it up with mm-hmm. a trellis and a grape or it, you right. need something so there's a lot of places for grapes and there the are. edibles they do really well at this altitude. Right. At all, they do really, really. There's some wild grapes that just grow out in the in the mm-hmm. countryside. Yeah. Uh, so you know they'll adapt well to your backyard. Right. One of my favorite is the Concord seedless. Yeah. Um, a little bit smaller grape, but the flavor on it, holy cow, really, really good. It's nice to have that seedless variety, so you're not spitting seeds out yeah. <laughs> after yeah. you've eaten it. Uh, if you like a white grape, the Himrod is a great one for here very cold hardy produces really well it's a great eating grape yeah seedless right yep. mm-hmm. in reliance so that's more of a red grape reliance is seedless as well so those are three grapes there's and we'll get more in oh yeah but yeah I have we gotten almost, any of the the vineyard cabernet those just, usually show up a little bit later gotcha. okay um so i had the, some people asking for them oh, I just you? yeah yeah they should show up a little later yeah so the grapes like right now are they're completely dormant they're yeah. sticks in a bucket but what a great time to plant them because you're going to get them rooted out they're going to be happy uh, when that warm weather starts to come, they'll have already have a good root system. A little secret with growing grapes. If you're buying a grape, this time of year especially, look for a real tall stem. So grapes are one of the very few plants that will actually grow more vine, more roots off that, that mm-hmm. cane, that vine. And so I'll, pi- I'll find the leggiest, tallest one that's got the crown a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually bury the root 
and as much of that stem as I really? can. I'll plant it real deep, mm-hmm. and now I've got a deeper rooted, stronger, more hardier grape, and I'll get a better production. Just a little insider tip. So kind of like a tomato. And if that didn't make tomato. sense over the airwaves, come talk to me. I'll share. I'll give you personal. I'll help you pick one or something. People but, are going, huh? <laughs> well, if you're thinking just long stem on them, right. it's it's better to plant them deep. Don't do that for anything else. No. I mean, if you do that, if you do that to a blackberry, a raspberry, it will over. die immediately. Do that yeah. to a blueberry, it will die. Any kind of tree, it will die immediately. Uh, but to a grape, it thrives, hmm. just takes off. I did not know that. I learned something. So we are kind of, <clears throat> I know you got more on that list. It's okay, because we, we have blackberries and boysenberries and all that stuff, too. Lots of the edibles are coming in, yep. so it's a good time to plant them. And good time. And if you plant them now, you'll probably harvest mm-hmm. some fruits this year, this spring. You could put them in early enough, you'll be able to harvest those. Yeah. All of our fruit trees, they are of fruiting age. They're not whips in a bucket you know two-year-olds these things are seven ten fifteen year old trees mm-hmm. they will produce right now so okay great lisa thanks so much uh, ken and lisa lane and the mountain gardeners look for more tips tricks and garden shortcuts through ken's website podcast the show read his weekly garden column or follow him on facebook and instagram at watersgardencenter.com That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our winter blooming heat. With 2018 upon us, you might as well start the gardens outright with one of these few winter blooming flowers. Ferny evergreen leaves are topped by the sweetest of bell-shaped pink flowers. Loves to be planted right out in the yard. Enjoy showing off in winter at just $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love winter blooming heat, they love to shop. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on shop, and choose personal garden shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Let me take a segment and just dedicate it to kind of my favorite evergreen trees to grow here in the mountains of Arizona. They'll grow in any elevation, wherever you're tuned in, listening, they'll grow in your yard. But here's kind of my list. I broke the list down in a couple ways. One, uh, they're used for screens and windbreaks. These are fast-growing, thick, tall evergreens. My personal favorite, one I use in my own landscape, is a Spartan juniper. Junipers just grow wild in the mountains of Arizona. They just really adapt. They naturalize or low care. Animals don't really eat them. The bugs stay away from them. They're great. I like Spartan because I've got a lot of oaks, a lot of the native blues naturally showing up in my landscape. And so Spartan juniper is very green. It's very bright. Grows up to about 10, 12 feet tall, and it grows thick. I mean, six, seven, eight feet thick. You cannot see through it. Well, I wanted to screen the neighbors across the street. They're looking down into this private courtyard. It just, I felt exposed. I want to sip a glass of 
wine or tea or, or coffee in the morning and not think, you know, my neighbors are looking at me. It's more of my head than they're great neighbors. I love them. Uh, I would have them over for coffee if they, if they saw us. Here, we'll pour a pot for you. Here, join us. Uh, but, but while you're there, you want to feel private. Um, so that's my favorite. There's many of them, lots of upright evergreen junipers. And cypress sort of look the same and grow similar. You've got Italian cypress. They grow like a pencil. Straight up, 60 feet tall, only three feet wide. Well, if you've got a real narrow yard, it's great for that. Uh, Skyrocket junipers, same way. Arrow juniper, same way. Very tall, not very wide. So for tight that that uh, uh, side yard property line where you've got a wall right there, those would be great right there. Uh, for, for a a hot tub that you just put in, you want to screen out and you don't have a lot of room between the hot tub and the, the yard. It's a great one. There's a whole series of an entire section of the garden center dedicated to nothing but those kinds of plants, tall and not too wide. Then we go to tall and very wide. That's the Spartan junipers, moon glow junipers. Arizona cypress is probably the number one seller. It's a native plant, grows throughout all of northern Arizona, gets up about 20 feet tall, 12 foot wide. This thing is a beast. It grows thick. It can take over your entire front yard if you're not careful. But in the right place, in the valley areas where you just got this tunnel effect, wind tunnels are coming through and you can hardly enjoy the backyard because it's so doggone windy, especially in the spring, Arizona cypress is a great choice. Then we go into more of the the tree. These are bush, large bush you don't see the separate branches coming out of the junipers and the cypress and the cedars. But Arizona is famous for our firs, spruce trees, and pine trees. These are things where the central leader trunk and branches swoop out from either side all the way around. You just get this beautiful pyramidal shape of a tree. There's a whole series of these that do really well. I've got a whole section dedicated, actually a whole parking lot. We have so many of them. We have hundreds of them. They're everywhere. But some of my favorites are, uh, I like Austrian pines. Austrian pines look like a ponderosa pine, but they hold their foliage right down to the ground. I, I have ponderosa pines too, but really what you're planting in the yard is a trunk. The, the, the foliage is going to be up there above the, the roof line even. If I'm going to plant a pine tree, I don't want a ponderosa in my design. I want a, I want a tree that holds its foliage, that pine shape, right down to the ground, and so I can see it better. It's easier to decorate, clean out. It just looks better. The quail love to hang out underneath those. But Austrian pine has these big, long needles, swooping branches, and it holds it to the ground. One that's similar to that would be the Oregon green pine. Now, Austrian pines, they get big, 30, 40 feet tall by 12 feet wide. They're big. The pint size to that is an Oregon green pine. It gets half the size of an Austrian pine. It's got this rich, crazy green to it, really, and a shorter, little bit shorter needle, maybe three, four inches long. But again, central leader, branches come down, swoop out, and they, they go right down to the ground. It's a really pretty pine tree. One that's equal to that, but now it's blue. They make a they make a pine tree called Vanderwolf pine. This is very soft. You just want to hug this tree. It's a slow grower. Grows up to maybe mid teens. Be perfect for a small yard, a raised bed, accent plant out in the front yard. Gets about I don't know eight feet wide, six eight feet wide. So twice, two three times taller, mid teens. 
but it's got this interesting blue green kind of white blue needle to it. it's two-toned so the top of the needle is blue the bottom of the needle is white so you get this interesting really really interesting look color to it that you just want to go you had you're drawn to it you have to touch it it's very soft whereas mo most pine trees are kind of stiff stiff needles to them but look at those. If you kill any one of those, it will be from overwatering. They need drainage. They need soil that, that breathes. They don't want to be watered more than once a week. They like, they like, they're drought hardy, I would call them. They're going to naturalize by themselves. Uh, some of them are very fast growing. Then you get into the whole Christmas tree looking kind of trees. These are the sp spruce, different variations of spruce tree. Uh, they, they, when people are new to the area, they're, they've never seen these plants. They go, I don't know the name of it, but my neighbors have one. It looks like a Christmas tree. That is going to be a spruce. So spruce come in two basic colors. Green, which isn't as popular, but I have green spruce here or blue spruce, Colorado blue spruce. That's the number one seller. Um, from there, that's a big tree. So it gets up to 60 foot tall by ah, 15, 20 feet wide. I mean, it's a big central leader. Man, that, that trunk goes right to the moon, keeps on going. Uh, birds love to, to roost in them. The quail like to be down below them. They're just a really pretty tree. And when they're smaller, you want to put decorate them for, for the holidays and make them real pretty. Um, it's too big to go next to the patio, next to the, next to the, to the walkway, next to the driveway. It'll overtake it. It'll be too large. So they make one that's pint size. It's a third of that size called Fat Albert Spruce. It's actually a grafted spruce. It's a dwarfed Colorado spruce tree. Gets up to maybe 18 feet tall, about you know, 10 feet wide, but it looks just like a spruce tree. Central leader, branches come out, and it's got a crazier, deeper, richer blue to it. It's got a silver blue. Then you get into the really specialized stuff. I've got hoop size spruce, uh, Baccarat spruce. These are grafted spruce trees. Some of them have a little bit chubbier needle to them. And we're getting into the really, not, not just blue, they're silver colored. So you get into these specialties. And we've got all of those. That's one. Walk the line, take a look, peruse them. And, and one will call to you, but mainly get the size of, of the ultimate mature size that you're going to want. Then you get into the really big boy. Uh, it's really too large. I would never introduce it to my own yard because it's just too large down the road in, in fast order. We call it a Deodore cedar. Cedars do well here. Deodore cedars is probably the biggest in your neighborhood. Uh, it gets up to 60, 80 feet tall, 25 or larger width-wise. You put if you introduce this thing to your front yard, no one it'll obliterate, obliterate the entire front yard. Uh, it swallows up portions of the landscape. But larger properties out towards the outer edges, they're great. You don't want to introduce a deodore cedar where you've got a, a vista because the vista will be gone. I mean, in five years, it's gone. You're, it's, you're not going to see that anymore. The mountains, the whatever you're looking at down the valley, it's just gone. You want to put these off to either side. You use them as more of a picture frame. You frame a view that you're trying to accent. You want to draw your guest's eye to this beautiful mountain range. You just want to look over and, and see a sunset that just goes or sunrise. You want to use them like a picture frame. Really, you use aspens the same way. Aspens get really tall, not that wide. You use them like when I design with aspens or birch or these really tall, upright, but not very wide type of plants. I'm using them to 
to draw the eye to force you to look at this scene. So I won't, I'll never use them in the middle of that vista. I'm using them on either side. So now I can woo people into looking at, look down the valley. Look at the cattle, the elk grazing. Look, look at that. Look, isn't it beautiful? Sip your coffee, enjoy your tea, enjoy that sunset. And that's how you design with some of these taller, bigger types of plants. You don't put them right next to the house or put them right in the views. Use them to frame things. A lot more in store for you. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 58th Spring Open House. Talk directly to our farmers as they show off the newest flowers, brightest evergreens, and freshest new bloomers. Friday, we show off this year's showiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, sidewalk art, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 58th Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 13th through 15th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Some things are just better together. March is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, Thanks, Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together, and only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So I just did confirm... A guest speaker. I can't believe he's coming all this way. He's a uh, a grower from Minnesota, so Bailey's Nursery out of the Minnesota area. Uh, they they sell plants all over the the country. I'm one of the furthest southern clients that they have retailers that, that sell their product. But what I love about Bailey's Nursery is they've got some of the most the best new introductions of flowering shrubs anywhere. They've got a new line of first edition roses that are unbelievable. These are shrub. They're, they're not grafted, but they have wonderful fragrance, large, unusual colors. So now we've got a rose that's super easy. Anyone can grow. And it only comes from Bailey Nursery. Well, there are growers coming down to spend uh, next weekend with us, our spring open house is next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's coming in Saturday, I believe. And I'm trying to talk him into staying, spend the night and, you know, hey, I'll give you a bedroom. I'll, I'll take you out to the lake. I'll hey, come and just spend another weekend, another day with us, and we'll, I'll, I'll treat you well. So I feed him well. But this is, this is really exciting to have someone of that caliper coming from the growers. I mean, this guy talk, he's a scientist. He grows, introduces patents new types of, of colors of spireas and roses and lilacs. And it's crazy. It's a beautiful plants. Lots of deciduous stuff. I've got a few of his pine and spruce trees. So he, he sells exotic evergreen types of plants. But uh, next, next week, consider this a personal invite to join us. If you want to hang out and talk gardening, 
with the folks that actually make and create this new life that we have on display here at the Garden Center. Some of it's in color right now. Some of it's coming into color. Some of it will be in color. So the new lilacs, exotic. I've got a new white-colored lilac that is oh, to dive. I've got a repeat-blooming pink lilac called Bloomerang. Uh, just, just lots of new introductions showing up for 2020. They've not been seen anywhere, and you'll only find this particular variety of spirea here at Waters Garden Center because I'm the guy that's pulling them in from far away, and it's so exciting and new. I'm willing to pay the shipping cost to bring them down. I find that my my gardeners want something interesting and new. I've also got the boring stuff like red tipotinia. We've got those. We've got Russian sage. We've got the, we've got all the yuccas you could think of. We've got some exciting new uh, prickly pears, new agaves, a new Montana variety of, of agave. If it grows in Montana, it's going to grow here. And it is a cute green striped thing that's just wild. I mean, it's funky looking. It's fun. I get excited. It's like Christmas. I've been doing this for decades. And it's like, when those trucks open up, I get to see those new crops. I go, whoa, it's like Christmas presents, unwrapping presents. All For a gardener, it's it's exciting. So I get, get excited about it. Anyway, next, that's one more. We've got, um, I think, one, two, three. I'm actually starting to get worried because i got to feed all these folks and entertain them while they're here because they're flying in from all over the country, these different growers, from greenhouse growers to to field growers, to trees, to shrubs, to new flowers, perennial growers, they're all coming. And I, I, I put on a huge feast for them at the garden center that night. We turn the lights on, turn the heaters on, and just we wine and dine them. I say thank you very much. What I find is if you treat people really well, I'm not talking customers now, we treat our customers well, but when you treat your vendors and your growers and your suppliers well, they support you. And so when there's a very limited crop, they go, hey, Ken, I got this special thing. You, I, I, I got some for you. I'm going to put them on the truck. No one knows. You'll be the only one. And so you get, you get these special perks when you treat people like you would want to be treated. What is that? that that's, that's biblical. You know, you just treat people the way you want to be treated because sometimes I don't think we treat our, our wait staff, our hotel folks, our vendors, our growers, we don't treat them like we'd want to be treated sometimes. And I don't, I think that's wrong. We go out of our way. But anyway, next weekend, Waters Garden Center's 58th spring open house. It'll be a hoot. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something going on all the time. Uh, Please join us. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters 58th spring open house. Talk directly to our farmers as they show off the newest flowers, brightest evergreens, and freshest new bloomers. Friday, we show off this year's showiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, sidewalk art, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 58th Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 13th through 15th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.